So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season three, episode 11 of The Other Way. In this episode, Corey tries again to repropose to Evelyn. Hannah gets a new friend when Kenny's grandson Cooper arrives. Benny's attention is all on Avi so that he won't have to fight with Ari. An astrologer dramatically changes Jenny and Smith's situation. And Steven tries to make it so that Alina is the one on the hot seat. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dunces, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy. H. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I got to drive to work in the daylight today, which was, I used my sunglasses and it was like, oh man, look at this. Just feels so, I know a lot of people get bummed out about driving home at night, but I get jumped, I just feel like, oh my God, it's the middle of the night and I'm going to work. This sucks. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, but also like, I don't think I've ever had to drive home in the dark as a teacher. True. Because it's yeah. still light out when we get out of school. So Yes, that's, that's also true. So I don't have to drive home in the dark. So I get to go home, go and come home with light, which, I mean, honestly, that was way more exciting than almost anything that happened in this episode. I yeah, feel like. we were talking about that. It was pretty like boring. And it's not to say that things didn't happen. I just think that the things that happened, I can't say really felt invested in or cared about. Yeah, yeah. But it was all, everything that happened seemed like it was a conversation. Like we missed like – and I feel like we got spoiled the last couple of weeks with Steven's stupid right. song and Jenny getting bossed around in the kitchen and all that yeah, stuff was hilarious. It like I loved it yes. so much. And then this time it was just people talking to each other. There's one funny thing that wasn't people talking to each other. But other than that, it was just like everything came out as a conversation. Right. All right. So let's start with oh, – let's start with one of the conversations. That was the conversation in Kenny and Armando's segment. So truffles, we start with truffles. She's trying on her dress for the wedding because it's getting pretty close, like next week. And Kenny's daughter, Madison, and his grandson, Cooper, are coming out a little bit early to hang out. So he's excited and so is Hannah. But Armando is still dealing with his dad. The strategy he's now come to is to, after the conversation he had with him, to send a text message so that every time he looks at his phone and opens it up, there's a message that says, I, you know, am disappointed with their conversation, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, it's been about a year and a half since Kenny has seen Cooper and he was helping to raise him. So it's, you know, uh, been a long time and he was also pretty little when they left. And he hopes that he hasn't lost connection with him in that time. So when they do see each other, Cooper runs right up to him and gives him a big hug and lots of kisses. Cooper seems a little thrown off by seeing Kenny, you know, in person when he's used to seeing him in video chat for a while, which I think is why he says that Kenny looks like a different person. (laughs) Anyway, they get back to the place and it's time for everyone to meet. Hannah, Armando, Hannah and Armando haven't met Cooper before, so, you know, Armando's a little nervous about it, and so is Cooper. Cooper is excited to see Truffles and more excited to ride Hannah's bike. While the whole bike riding session is going on, Armando is relaying his fears with Kenny, um, with Kenny's homesickness. Then Madison and Kenny go to have a drink out in the patio, and of course, he, Kenny starts crying because that's what Kenny does. 
he cries about them leaving and and the situation that he has here and how especially how since not just is he far from his family but he feels like a big distance that Armando's family keeps from him and he's never going to be truly accepted by them. So they're really milking Kenny's homesickness for a lot right now. But anyway, during a wholesome family breakfast, we learned that basically everyone from Mexico are coming in today, which as of now doesn't include Armando Sr. Armando says that his mom was really pushing him to come. She even like packed his luggage just in case, which, (laughs) you know, he didn't really – and the dad like didn't – he's like, I felt good about it because he didn't say good or yay, I'm coming, but he also didn't stop her. So, anyway, Armando is just at this point resigned to finding out if he's going to show up at the wedding. But Kenny and and um, Madison think, yeah, maybe you should call your mom. She's on her way. She's in the car. Maybe you'll hear the dad in the car and you'll be able to figure out if he's coming. So, Armando steps outside to make the phone call. He nervously tries to be chill about masking mom. Well, who's all coming? But she does come around to saying that the dad is with them in the car. So, he comes back in all smiles and hugs and kisses and Armando cries and, of course, Kenny cries and everyone is, you know, happy and excited for this wedding coming up. All right. So, I feel like this is like 90% invented drama, right? I mean, maybe not the dad stuff. I think it might have been a little bit of a question whether dad was coming, but I feel like Kenny's homesickness angle is very much that. I don't know i think he really is homesick it is funny that cooper's like you look different because if you are video chatting all the time it's like uh you look the same right right <laughs> i mean it's weird seeing somebody in person that you have only seen on video chat for a while or you only remember from video chat yeah and he is really young so i don't know i think it is and it isn't i wonder how serious they are about A lot of the things that they kind of have talked about in terms of, you know, helping Kenny not be homesick, like, you know, the possibility of uh, like living out there, you know, it's like, are you really thinking about that kind of stuff? Or is this just something you're saying? Because I do wonder a little bit why they don't just move to America. I get that it's mostly because of Hannah. Right. They're not even that close to the family. Yeah. And... Kenny still doesn't really speak Spanish. I mean, Armando speaks English just fine. Mm-hmm. But it's like, eh, I think they would have an easier time being in America just because of the language situation. I can't imagine that Kenny can really be all that independent if he can't speak the Spanish. It can't speak the language, you know? Yeah, you'd think so. But I, it's also one of those things where they're – because, I mean, like, He's always going to San Diego, too. Like, they're not that far away from somewhere he can be independent. I mean, I think they're closer to the states than they are to Armando's family. Yes, right I now. I think so, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I think he could probably um, make do if he had to. But yeah. Yeah, and we haven't seen them going back and forth to Armando's family a lot either. Right. right. Yeah. So what's the point if you're like not even really near the family? But I don't know. Right. Maybe things will be different now that Armando's dad is seemingly coming around. Although I have to say, didn't we kind of call this? Yeah. We said that, you know, and not necessarily because they were trying to fabricate drama, because I doubt Armando's dad is like trying to be intentionally drama in any way. I feel like he doesn't give a crap about this show. But right. I think that it really shows that he isn't 100% on board. 
And that's why he's going to be wishy-washy, even if at the end of the day he ends up coming. He, you know, he's not 100% supportive. Maybe he's like 85% supportive. And so he's gonna kind of seem like, eh, maybe to give himself that little bit of room to bail out at the last minute if he isn't feeling it. Yeah, I feel like it's more has to do with him being like, okay, I'll finally cave and come and I'll be there because it's a thing. But I'm going to like make you think I'm not. I'm going to show you my disapproval yeah. up to the last minute and and, yes. and not like be enthusiastic about it. And, you know, and that was – and we kind of felt like that's what he was all going to do because that's the way he yes. does when they go there. Right? He comes out at the last minute, says hi to the last minute, like – touches Kenny at the last minute possible, <laughs> which I mean, I, I did feel for Kenny on that because I, I totally agreed with what his his assessment of it is um, like, yeah, it's like he's never going to be fully embraced by this family. Right. Yeah. And the way he kind of put it, it was, I was like, no matter how you know nice they are, how well they're doing, it's always a little bit like um, we wish it was someone else. And that that mm-hmm. does seem pretty obvious. Yeah, definitely. All right. I uh, don't think we have anything else going on with them. I mean, I no. actually, I would say, very touched by Armando's dad coming around. It was like, oh. But then at the same time, it was kind of like, yeah, we kind of thought saw that coming too. Right, right. I mean, I was surprised. They kind of, they, I like the way they did it where it was like, and dad's here too. And it was yes. like, oh, yay. Yeah. Right. I mean, everything about their segments are always super sweet. So, right. And I, mean, I imagine I imagine the actual wedding when they get to that, which probably won't be next week, maybe the week after. I bet they skip them yeah. next week. And then it'll just be – I'm sure it'll just be all happy and hugs and wedding. I don't think there's going to be drama at their wedding. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of excited too because we've seen a, a big range of weddings, right? Like cheapy kind of whatever weddings. Oh, and yeah. Then, We've seen not not that many, but there have been a couple nicer weddings. Sure, yeah. I think theirs is definitely going to be on the nicer side. I uh, definitely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of weddings, uh, let's talk about Corey and Evelyn. So Corey <laughs> is trying to prove himself to Evelyn, so he's planning a surprise for her. Corey is trying to repropose to Evelyn. He has arranged for Eduardo, um, a boat captain guy who has a little travel like tourist speedboat thing to show a sign from a boat to repropose evelyn has been won over already since Corey has been making breakfast every day and just being romantic he then takes her for a walk with the dog he makes an awkward call to eduardo while he's hugging evelyn to say now now and keeps telling evelyn to look at the ocean She's, like, just really confused. She's, like, why is he being weird and ridiculous? But she sees the sign, and she can't really read it because it's too far away. So she's, like, I can't see that. But then she finally reads it and then says it's really sweet. Evelyn says yes to the reproposal, and they kiss. And then she says it's the best proposal ever because he involved the community and he was able to speak to Eduardo in Spanish. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Como se dice surprise. I know, right? Okay. But he tried. And she wasn't there for that, right? She wasn't there for that part. No. She didn't see his uh, maybe failed attempts at communication. (laughs) So uh, what did you think of Corey's proposals now? Maybe the first one versus this one. Okay. So to remind everyone, the first one was in that hot air balloon where he tried to spell out something on the floor. 
And she also had a yes, problem was reading. Saying, that was good. I was going to say, my man needs to make signs that are big enough to read. Like, that's the biggest thing. Oh, my thing. gosh. Didn't you, you learn from the first time, dude? Like, what are you doing? You learned from the first time that you have to make the sign big enough to read. She doesn't have the sharpest eyes. She's no, not she looking. does not. And because, yeah, the first one was definitely they were in the hot air balloon. And he was like, what's over there? And she's like, where? He's like, right there. She's like, I can't see that. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> And this time she's like, yeah, binoculars or something. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't understand also in this thing. And it was kind of, this was in the cute range of like trying but messing up a little bit and not in the infuriating range. But like, why didn't he text Eduardo or have like a symbol or something? I know, what, right? what is this? She's like, which amigo are you talking to? <laughs> I know. She's like, oh, it's me, 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 amigo. And she's like, you don't have an amigo. What? Not that speaks Spanish. Right. And so it was like, yeah, just because he, he, I thought he was going to be okay surreptitiously, you know, hugging her and sending a text because I would have that thing. I would have the text like written already. Right. And then I would just have to open it up and just hit send when I was ready. And then he could go. Or even if I was going to call him, he should know when I call you. Like, I'm not going to do anything. It's when you get a phone call, that's the time. Go. Like, but maybe that was just too much communication for um for talking to Eduardo. But I feel like he definitely could have been like, yeah. But uh, it was really weird. Vamos? Like, it was like right in her <laughs> yes. ear, you yes. know? Because it's like his head was like right next to her ear because they were hugging. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, Corey. Like, that's so rude. Yes, it was. It was, and then she was like, "What are you doing? Who are you talking to?" I don't understand. I know in my ear. Yeah, and then he has. I don't know why. Why can't he get ever like an actual bouquet of flowers? Why does he always have like three handpicked flowers that are like flopping around in his hand? I don't know. He's such a weird dude. <laughs> he really but is his weird. proposals. I mean, honestly, just keep looking at the, the ocean. Thought- just look at the ocean. <laughs> look at the ocean. The thought is there. I, I will give him that. Yes. The execution is where it falls apart. But right. I think that's Corey in general, you know? He has the best totally. of intentions. It's just the execution is terrible. Yep. Yep. All right. Who do we got now? Let's move on to – oh, let's do the big one. Jenny and Submit, again, taking up a huge chunk of our thing. So the astrologer now – the astrologer is coming to visit and check in on whatever and Summit thinks that Jenny should, you know, try to do the appropriate cultural thing and have a snacks, water and tea brought out to him and his parents. So the family astrologer is supposed to come and talk to them and guide them for the future since, you know, things are not going so great. So Jenny is trying to prepare this meal that Summit asked for and Summit and Sadna are just like sitting in the kitchen watching her. Just, no, you're doing it wrong. No, that's not right. So anyway, Anil, we hear him sing the praises of Khalid, the astrologer, and says that he's never wrong, which lines up with Jenny's assertion, who also says that whatever this astrologer says to do, that's what they're totally going to do. <laughs> so anyway, once the snacks are served, Simit lays out the troubles that they are um, experiencing and looking for guidance with. Khalid says that Sadna and Anil shouldn't be teaching Jenny anything, and they shouldn't be interfering with somebody else's house. Jenny is going to figure things out in time, and they just should be around to support Simit. By eating, drinking, and having fun. He says he doesn't see the need for them to be there at all. He thinks Sadna is living out her dreams of her perfect daughter-in-law and isn't really dealing with reality. Likewise, when she brings up Jenny's inability to have children, Khalid says like, this isn't your marriage and you don't get to decide. 
He warns her that what's in the stars is in the stars and they will see her as as their enemy if she keeps trying to change things. And even he even throws some barbs. He calls her a selfish mother. So anyway, he says that the relationship is God's wish and trying to interfere with it will only cause pain and suffering. They try to guess this is – they so they, you know, Neil and Sadna are like, I guess this is out of our control. So uh, Khalid tells Jenny that Sadna is just the kind of mother that doesn't want to bless things, but she needs to stop cursing it. Anyway, the next day, Jenny is pretty pumped about how the astrologer meeting went, but she isn't sure what's going to happen when um, Sadna starts um, – when where sadness stands. So Anil comes in and says that they want to talk to Jenny by herself. No submit. So Anil goes and Sadna and they sit down and they tell her that they're going to go back home tomorrow. After the astrologer, they've come to understand that Jenny is a good natured person, like complete 180. God has decided what will happen and they should maintain love between the two of them. Jenny starts to cry and they hug it a little bit. Sadna says that she's willing to change for her son. So the whole thing makes Jenny very emotional and she keeps saying that she's so happy. She can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. And then she jumps in and asks, well, can we get married then? That's where she pulls back a little bit. The astrologer said to let them be, not to like bless this crazy relationship that they all know is doomed. So they won't stop them from getting married now, but they won't support them either. But uh, maybe it's Jenny. If Jenny changes a little herself, she might win her over. Anyway, they come back to tell Submit what happened during the conversation and all the good news Jenny's heard today. Submit feels like he's winning. Everyone loves him and they play like happy triumphant <laughs> music. She tells him that, uh, you know, blah, 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 all the same stuff that goes on. But we pick up again um, for Holly, this is the spring holiday that India celebrated with the colors and the throwing and things like that. Or in this case, really just a little bit of color throwing because the two of them do it like with each other on a deck, which I've never seen. Usually it's streets full of people and things and... Okay. They are both covered in color when Jenny brings up the topic of their marriage and how soon they should do it. So Jenny says that she wants to get married right away. But Sumit says he wants to consult the astrologer now regarding the best date. So Jenny didn't like the idea before. But, you know, since this guy already did her a solid, she's on board with listening to what he has to say. Sumit says he's ready to get married, but not like tomorrow and lacks a solid answer as to when he is comfortable. So Jenny tells us that she knows now that the parents are out of the way. Any delay or excuses just mean that Samit never really wanted to marry her. So, do you think this is a honest conversion from, you know, Sadna Samit's mom? Or is she playing the game and like trying She's to... playing the game. <laughs> I mean, she even said like just explicitly like... Okay, I get it. I can't force him to leave her. It's going to really push them together. So I'm going to act like I'm okay with it. Well, actually, she didn't even care about acting okay with it. She just said, I'm not going to actively stop you. So that's really like the only concession she's given. I'm just not going to actively, I'm not going to say it's okay, but I'm not going to actively stop you. And... Then, once you kind of see that, like, oh, it's, like, not the forbidden fruit anymore, like, you'll just leave her on your own. Yeah. I, and we, I kind of saw that coming. Like, I feel like, I don't know about the forbidden fruit thing. I mean, that was part of it. But a lot of it just has to do with he was, he died. I kind of think he doesn't really want to get married. Right? And 
and it was really easy for him. It was the easiest thing for him was to, to hide behind the parents and say, well, we can't because yeah. of my parents. You know how right. it is. Mm, guess we got to keep doing what we're doing. And now that yeah. it's going to be him, it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it is also weird that Jenny's interpretation of this is like, oh, me and Sutton are going to be best friends again. Yes. Well, she does. She's like, we have love for you. And like, it, it's just definitely so that as much as she could, like she said, they're not going to bless the wedding. But as much as she could, right. it's not going to be, well, I'm not standing athwart this wedding. I'm I'm fully right. supportive of you. You can't say I don't like you and that's why we're not getting married. I'm taking myself away as an excuse. And mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time. Because I think it is. Because it seems like at the end of the day, Simit wants what she is not going to provide. What's that? Like he wants someone that just takes care of him all the time and makes him snacks and he likes having the love. He literally was like, this is the greatest day ever. She loves me and my mom loves me and I get to have both of them like taking care of me. And this is amazing. Like that's what he wants. And she's like, like he wants the house cleaner. He wants her to make the dinner all the time. He wants her to – he kind of wants that traditional Indian wife that she's never going to be. No, she's definitely not. At least not well. No. And not without complaints. Right. Right. It does seem like an odd choice if that's what he really wants. It is. And I don't don't know why. I think he just is trying to – I don't know. Do you think he's like genuinely attracted to her? I think so. I mean, it's just this whole season, it sounded like what he just wants. He just wants to be spoiled. I want somebody to spoil me. Why is nobody spoiling me? This sucks. Right. Yeah. And he liked the idea when she was like, oh, I like the idea. She has to cook me dinner every day. That sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should do that. Maybe that would work out. Went over my mom. I foresee so much disaster with this, too, because I do think it's an interesting, like, very manipulative, manipulative sadhana to be like, okay. But I don't even think she gets the repercussions of this, right? She doesn't even get that submit. Because, I mean, we all didn't know this until now. He's really hiding behind his parents' You know, the opposite of the blessing, like them trying to stop the wedding, right? He's really hiding behind this because it's pretty clear based on what we heard him say, he don't want to get married. Yeah. He's like, I'm a changed man after like the divorce. Like, this is the last thing I want. I don't want to be married. Oh, is that his next excuse going to be? Oh, I already had a divorce and that was so hard. So hard. I want to like... Make yeah, sure so that you don't have to go through that kind of thing again. So I really want to take my time. To, I, uh, yeah, I could see that. I just – he's automatically butting into – she's like, let's do it tomorrow. And he was like, do it tomorrow. I know. Yeah. You know what though? It's like I think that people that have been divorced who hide behind the divorce – I think it's just that they're people who just don't want to be married, you know, which is fine, but don't pretend like you want to be married because to hide behind that as like an excuse, there are so many people that have been married more than two times. So you can't say that a divorce is that traumatic. Plus, you have to also be mature enough to understand that they are not the same person. Jenny is, I have never met Smith's first wife, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that first wife and Jenny are nothing alike. Yes. This is not the same Well, and especially because his line the whole time has been like, he didn't even like that first wife. Yeah. Like that was arranged for him and it was put up and he like didn't even care for her. Uh, Like, right. You know, not like, not like in a a way like, oh, I hope she dies in a ditch. But like, 
It wasn't anybody he would have chosen, oh right? It's dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, different levels of not caring for people. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, so I just – it. I am kind of interested in their storyline because I, I want to know more. Like, Samit, do you really – do you really not want to get married? Well, I think it's funny, though, because I, the going back to the beginning, we've seen this astrologer a couple of times. Yeah. And his advice is always, eh, just let it ride. Whatever. Just whatever. Is this some kind of like, I don't know, kind of like a new age astrologer? Because doesn't he seem really young for people to be like, yes. you know, making big life decisions based on his random the predictions? Thing was, Anil said, we have been seeing this guy for 30 years. And I was like, how no have you way. been seeing this guy for 30 he years? He like 10? <laughs> that guy does not look that old. I know, but his advice is always, what's wrong with what you're doing now? Just keep doing that. <laughs> like, oh, God. Like, it was his advice. They went, when should we get married? He was like, why? Just... You're doing this, right? Like his advice is always just like, man, nah, the universe will fix things for you. Just keep, just keep, just keep trucking. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> All right. Speaking of keep trucking, let's talk Ari and Binyam. So Ari is packing up to go to Kenya and her mom is going to go along because she's wanting to advise Binyam and Ari because it's definitely a rough spot in their mar or I guess relationship and also to help with the baby and support Ari. Arya is hoping the relationship can be saved, but she's having doubts because her relationship with Binyam has deteriorated so quickly. In Mombasa, Kenya, Ari, Avi, and Ari's mom Janice arrive. Ari gets word that Binyam will arrive later that day. Ari got a short lease term for three months, and her plan is that if Binyam admits what he's done, then they can figure it out and they will live uh figure out where they're going to live long term. But if you can't admit anything, then she's going to go back to the U.S. with Avi and they will work out visitation. Uh, Ari isn't sure what to expect when she sees him because he's clearly changed since she left. Binyam is actually pretty mad about going to Kenya. He thought that they could resolve everything once he saw her in Ethiopia, and he feels like this decision to move to Kenya seems out of the blue and unnecessary. Uh, Avi seems really excited to see Binyam, that he's like playing around with him. Uh, Ari thinks this Binyam is odd to see, considering that the Binyam she's been dealing with hasn't been answering her calls and has been taking pictures of other women in the house. Binyam feels anger coming from Ari, and he is surprised that she is acting this distant. Ari wants to have one peaceful night, so she doesn't plan on talking out their relationship right now. The next day, Janice watches Avi and Ari and Binyam walk and talk. They meet with a translator, Addis, to help with the communication. Binyam is confused why the translator's there because he thinks they understand each other pretty well. Mm. Ari says she didn't like when he stopped texting and calling, and Binyam says he didn't want to talk to her if they were fighting. She then says his refusal to communicate makes sense in the context of her being told that Binyam is hanging out with two women in particular. Binyam tells us that he didn't cheat, and it's all in her imagination. He thinks her mind was poisoned by his friends. Ari just wants him to admit his behavior of avoidance, which she, you know, and have him admit that it was unacceptable, even if he doesn't actually say he cheated. Ari thinks he's left her no choice uh, by not admitting his fault, and she says that she can't have a romantic relationship with him. She keeps crying and saying she feels so sorry for him. 
All right. Uh, so Binion is actually insisting that he isn't cheating, even though his friends are the one that are telling Ari that there's yeah. suspicious stuff happening. And there's clearly photographic evidence of women being around and the same two women. Right. Do you believe that Binyam didn't cheat? Uh, probably not. Uh, like, I just think it's – you weren't there. You don't know. You don't know. She can't know. Right. Like, and yeah. – I think that's what it is. And then I don't know if these friends are – it's almost – and I'm kind of with her. It doesn't – I mean, I guess it matters, but it's like – it's it's even if you didn't cheat, you still were wrong because like you let everybody else did think you cheated, right? Like right. that's not as bad. I don't know. It's, it's a different kind of bad, right? Yeah. Because it's like – it's one thing, you know, you publicly burned or you privately burned. It was like, okay, so even if you didn't cheat, like all your family thinks you cheated. Everybody I walked to in front of Ethiopia thinks you cheated on me. Like, so that's not really an improvement because you didn't really dispel that because you're doing whatever you want. And his just – it is frustrating for him to just be like, no, 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 I, I was recording. But like, come on, man. Like, especially because his excuses just don't add up. They don't even come close to adding up. Like – Right. No, they really don't. And, you know, OK, so the whole thing with his lack of communication. So she said it makes sense why he wasn't communicating because he was like hanging out with these girls all the time. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, oh, because, you know, you were fighting with me and I didn't, just wanted to avoid a fight. But it's like I'm sure she was fighting with him. It got to the point because he stopped calling. Right. So it's just like, OK, so how are you going to, you know, explain that? Why did you stop calling in the first place? Because I'm pretty sure she probably didn't get mad until after that started happening. Right. Yes. I mean, and and it's like because – and she made a point too. She was like, okay, so you didn't want to answer the phone. First of all, you didn't want to answer the phone because you didn't want to fight. You didn't know we were going to – why Why did you think we were going to fight when you answered the phone? Like, Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, she was like – numerous times she's like, I didn't call to fight you every time I called. Like, But then yeah. I didn't answer and now I did want to fight because you didn't answer or – you didn't like respond to my text because I think she started sending those, I love you. I just want to make sure you're okay. You know, make sure everything's still yeah. going okay. And then he wouldn't respond to those for two days, you know, yeah. if at all. And then you're like, well, okay, well, that's not, I didn't want to fight, right? That's, that's, that's a different thing altogether. I don't know why you don't respond to that. And that's one of those things that was like frustrating. And I could, oh my God, I could like taste Ari's frustration when he like <laughs> came in there and like was just like all about, Avi and was like, oh, doing the play and playing with them the entire time. Yeah, and she know, was like, right? wow, you seem really, really, you know, um, enthused about this kid that you didn't fucking call for three months. You know, right. <laughs> you didn't want to video yeah. chat with. You didn't want to tell know about. You didn't want to do anything with for like, you know, weeks at a time. Um, yeah. Well, especially because it was he was also being super obvious that he was just being preoccupied with the kids so that Avi couldn't talk to him. Like, I don't really yeah. want it. I don't really want to have a gap where I talk to you. So I'm just going to keep playing with the baby. I'm playing with the baby. Right, oh, I'm playing right. with the baby. It's so funny to me. You see this kind of behavior happen all the time on like 16 and pregnant or teen mom. Uh -huh. Like the dad knows he's in the doghouse, right? So he like almost uses the kid as some kind of weird buffer. Yes. Like, that's absolutely oh, yeah, what he's you doing. You can't yell at me if I'm holding the child. Yes. I'm playing with the kid. You're going you're gonna to ruin this, this bonding time I'm having with my child to yell at me about – Oh, no, you wouldn't do that. Not in front of the kid. Yeah, they totally 
I mean, and I've done yeah. it. I wouldn't say I've done this specifically, but I've definitely been awkward situations where I was like, I don't know who to talk to, what's going on here. And if there's a kid around, it's always easy to just be like, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> like, like it's easier to like, you know, do play stupid games with a kid and like, oh, what do you have? Oh, do you have a cookie? Oh, look at the cookie. Right. Then to actually like have to interact with the adult sometimes. Mm. But this was 100% him being like, oh, shit, she wants to fight because he's just assumed for the past two and a half months that if she wants to talk, she wants to fight. Yeah. Yeah. I was oh, confused. Yeah, yeah. Why did she feel sorry for him? I was I lost the bridge on that. I didn't know how yeah, she got she there. Yeah, she said it so many times. I think she feels sorry for him because he has already gone through this and, you know, she didn't want this to happen again, but it's happening again because of his actions. Right. So, you know, I like she's basically saying that she's going to leave. Uh-huh. She's like, I'm going to leave and I feel sorry for you. But then at the same time, it's like, I feel sorry for you that you this has happened to you again, but it's of your own doing. Yeah. I mean, I guess it did kind of sound like I, I, that's what I was mostly getting off of. I feel sorry for you because the life you're choosing with your actions is going to suck. Like, Yeah. And it's just it, – it, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with her. Like, whatever was going on, whatever mm-hmm. was going on, cheating or not. We, her and her, her and Avi were not your priority. As soon as we left in front of your face, you completely forgot about us. Like, yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be a huge red flag too? Too, if you were like the next girl that dates Binyam. Yeah. If this happened twice already. Yeah, you've had two American women that both had kids and left you, and I can see him like kind of playing the same card. Like, we have no idea what happened with his first wife. Right. You know, we don't know if he was pulling the same crap there and she was just like, hey, I'm not putting up with that. I'm I'm out of here. Right. I'm not coming back. Like, we don't know. He just made it sound like she just up and left because she was being selfish. And I could see him saying the same thing about Ari, too. Like, I don't know why she left. Like, both of them took my babies and they're gone. Yeah, she became a completely yeah. – she had the baby and became a completely different person. Like, I don't know who that person was. And it was like, well, she's – She's articulated to you what's going on, which is why they brought in the translator, which frustrated me because I feel like he really needs the translator. And Yes, his, but he doesn't think he needs the translator, right. which maybe is part of the problem. Right, because it's always him being like, we understand each other fine. And I was like, I don't think she understands you, man. Like when you talk, no. she does not understand what you're talking, what you mean. Like she, you give her something, she's like that. What you just said doesn't add up and doesn't make sense. And he's like, well, yeah. well and just gets frustrated and doesn't talk anymore. Right. And so mm-hmm. I, I and I would, you know, the generous interpretation of that is it's a um, it's a language thing. I mean, the less generous interpretation is maybe there's just not a lot going on up there. And he's just like, mm-hmm. what? I don't like bossy. It, I don't like why I went to live Ethiopia. Like and that's all he's got going on. I don't think it is. And like, yeah, it was frustrating for him to not use the translator once they were there. Yes. I was going to say, she seemed very underutilized. Yes. Yes. Like, Ari tried it first and he was just like, mm, shut up. I'm talking to my wife. Well, my wife. I keep yeah. forgetting they're not married. Right? <laughs> the way yes, they keep doing same. this. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I also – because it's like we haven't heard about any wedding plans. You would think that's usually like next up. Yeah. Yeah. It is usually. But they're not getting married anytime soon. Not on this show at least. No, no. Not, not in this season. Not in this season for sure. 
All right. So how about some more people that may or may not be getting married at some point this season? Um, and that's Alina and also Steven. But we start off with Alina saying hi to many, many random street cats that she's named. For a really long time, too. Yeah. She's named I actually like, – It was an excessive amount. I actually kind of – I like the cat segment because I miss the cat. We always talked about her. There's always so many random cats in this show. But like we have Mr. Cat – Mr. Cattles, Cucumber, right? We had all kinds of cats. It's been a few weeks since Steven's off-key proposal. And Alina's starting to get frustrated that she that he is being slow with the paperwork because she wants to get back to Russia ASAP. She's not really doing well in Turkey. And, you know, as evidenced by this first segment, the only friends she has are random street cats. Like her favorite one, Cat Cow. The black and white cow that's jealous Alina's hanging out with Cucumber. Like, it was an excessively long segment about these cats. Yes. <laughs> but again, cat side drama. Yes, the cats were going after each other. Like, but they all knew her. Like, she really yeah. is friends with these cats. But anyway, the thing she's most worried about is if they have to separate. They'll have to separate if they can't get the visa situation handled quickly. So then we switch to them playing uh, Spit, the card game Spit, which um, Steven is dominating. So Alina starts a conversation. They're down to one month left on their visas and she's nervous about it working out. So in order for things to work out, they basically really have to get married now in order to be able to get the visas processed to go to Russia, which in a perfect world would not be Steven's preference since they still have a lot to work out, mainly Alina's converting conversion to Mormonism. He's worried that they'll get hitched and then she'll back out of the baptism, which a lot of people have told him to be – which he's worried about. She's like, are you worried about that? And he's like, people have told me to be worried about it. Anyway, getting baptized before the wedding is out of the question because of COVID, there are no baptisms being carried out in Turkey right now. So, Alina thinks that his insistence on a promise – like he was like, you have to promise. It it doesn't sound like trust to her. And they kind of – he kind of makes a joke about maybe I'll make a piece of paper and sign it like a contract. Well, it sounds like one of those jokes where he makes it and then kind of like the uh, unless you're into it, like unless you think that would work, like, oh, no. And then he brings it up again later. So, I don't know. I thought this all kind of read as Stephen looking to get the upper hand back on Alina and have something to be mad at her about. Um, or do you think yeah. he legitimately is worried that she's not going to get baptized? Uh, I think he's trying to use it as an excuse to prolong the uh, marriage. Like, this guy, like, he only had to propose because he was in such deep shit as it was, right? Right. So, I mean, otherwise, if, you know, this whole virgin scandal thing hadn't come out and she hadn't been like, uh, we need to be done, right? If she hadn't looked through his social media... And, like, what the hell kind of conversations are this? If that whole thing hadn't happened, she was still, like, really into him like she had been. He could have been pushing this whole, like, marriage into the last minute. Like, he would have waited all 90 days to get this done. Marriage on day 89. (laughs) Right. Right. That's what he would have done. But that wasn't an option. He had to propose to her because that was one of the many forgiveness gifts he has been collecting. And he was like, oh, got to give her the biggest one. That's the engagement ring. So, you know, now that he's engaged and he's kind of placated her for, you know, this amount of time, it's like he's going to start dragging his feet again. And what's going to buy him more time? 
like throwing out the doubts of like, well, I'm concerned about this. So here's my excuse and reason why we should wait a little bit. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I could trust you more. It's like, oh my gosh, you're so predictably idiot. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, idiotic. It just it frustrates. Oh me yeah, so and he's definitely, and, and I I feel with her because he's like, well, it's a lot of complicated paperwork, but I'm sure it's always like, well, did you do any of it today? Uh, no, I thought maybe tomorrow would be a better day, or like maybe we'll just wait till Thursday because then this is. I'm sure he has excuses all the time as to why all this oh, yeah. paperwork that he could have filed a month ago, he still right. is like him and hawing about about filing. Because you're right. He he even said it. If this was if it wasn't for the time pressure, I would wait a little bit longer. So I'm not sure that I'm ready. Like he's not that is he's a, he's you're right. He's indefinitely putting this off as long as he can. But he has no end game yeah. because they're almost out of time. No, he doesn't have an end game. That's what confuses me even more about this. It's you know, it's like What are you going to do? Like you both have moved. You have inconvenienced both of you for this to not have happened. Yes. They're going to end up in a situation where they're going to have to go back to their home countries and they might as well have not gone to Turkey at all. Right. Exactly. So it's just like, I don't understand what y'all are doing. Like I almost can kind of sympathize a little bit with um, the people where it's like uh, 90 Day Fiance, like, you know, one person comes over. Uh, to someone else's home country and the home country person's kind of like, yeah, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't because they haven't lost anything. Right? Yes. Right. Right. You right. know, but it's like, but the, in this situation, both of you are losing something. So I don't understand why you have the Neither same of them attitude. did that thing. Right. Because the thing they lost when they come over, you know, the regular one, they come over to um, America or whatever. They're like, I gave up everything. I don't have a house. Yeah. I don't have any more belonging possessions. I gave up everything oh, to move young. here. Like, what did they give up? Is like extermination job. Yeah. Like, yeah, big deal. Yeah, he gave up. He gave up a, a a McJob, and like she can move back home to her mom. She lived with her mom already. Right. He's gonna move back to his parents. Like, they, neither of them gave up anything. And so, right, right. Like, but it's which is I find it interesting because she is. He would be co- totally content to go back. With not getting married. Like, oh, he would be yeah, like, oh, it didn't so. work and we're still trying, but, you know, the, the timing wasn't right. So I went back. I think she would be upset if if she had to go back to Russia. Oh, alone. yeah. She would be super upset. But I think if it had ended the way that, you know, it seemed like it was going to end, like with him making these confessions and him refusing to, you know, delete his social media. Sure. I think she would have been fine going back. There was enough anger there where she would have been like, yeah, this is for the best, right? right? I'm not going to marry this idiot asshole over here, mm-hmm. you know? But then he, you know, does his little apology, like super sweet with his words, like gets her like all his forgiveness gifts. It's like, then she feels bad. It's like, that's why it's like, you should just let it go. Like, don't try... Make things better for a situation that you already seem see as doomed. Right. Right. Why are you going to try just to give yourself an option of being with her? Like that's messed up because if you don't want that as and it's just an option to you, it's not fair to someone else thinking that you're all in because you're they're definitely in a high pressure situation where it's like they went there with the intention of getting married. How else? Or why else would they be there if they weren't going to get married? Yeah, I don't get it. It's, it, I mean, I guess it's a little bit a touch of you know the you only want what you can't have 
So as soon as it yeah. looks like it's being doomed, he's like, no. Oh, yeah. I got to I gotta fight the most hard for this. But then once that it's like we're engaged and whatever, he's like, eh, we can, we can fill in that paperwork next week. That's all right. But I don't know what else he's doing. What else is he doing? He's sitting around his ass. I, I don't get it. Know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. He He's definitely dragging his feet. I feel like I've been in my fair share of relationships when I was young. And I think it is like a youth thing. They just, they're not quite mature. It's like neither one of you kind of wanted to lose the other person, even though maybe you you might know that this is not the relationship for you. Because it's a loss, right? Right. And that just seems so devastating when you're young. So it's like you feel like you're going to lose something. And so it's like you really try to make it work. But it's like, but to what point? You may even recognize even then that it's not worth it. Right, right. I think people are just – also people are just afraid of change. Like I already kind of said I decided yeah. this. So I don't want to just like let it go and then have to start over and do something Coming new. from the two people that are moving to another Fair country. Enough. Fair enough. It seems like change isn't yeah, really like uh, that scary to them. Yeah, I think I guess that's true. Oh. All right, so uh, that's pretty much it because we didn't that's all hear from Ellie and Victor. Like we this said, week. just a lot of talking. Like we had, like we had, it was, yeah. it was they had so little to go on that they literally spent seven minutes of the episode showing us various cats that right. live in Turkey. Yeah, gosh, I know, right? right? Yeah. Okay. Um, who was your student of the week? I went with Alina because she did not let Stephen. Because I thought Stephen, one of the things he was trying to do besides just you know, push things back was to be like, well, you were mad at me for a while and now I'm going to make it so that I get to be mad at you and I get to not trust you because you might not convert to Mormonism. And she was like, no, that doesn't sound right. We're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So my student of the week, and this is actually for very weird reasons, and I, I already know it, it's going to be a controversial pick here, but um, I think Sadna submits mom. Okay. Because – even though it's for very, like, uh, devious motives of why she's, like, deciding to, quote, accept Jenny to some extent, uh-huh. it's, like, at the same time, she thinks it's going to work out one way, but, like, really, in the end, everybody's getting their way, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. related, my dunce was submit because uh, he's like three moves behind in this chess game. He does not. Oh, yeah. He does not understand what just happened. He got played. Like his mom yeah. got him in check, and he was like, "Ooh, the queen is open now." And like, you know, no, you can't. He was so happy, and is like, "No, man, you you don't realize what she just did." Yeah, yeah. And then and then immediately went into being like. Just playing into that, playing into that trap, just being like, uh, I don't know if we're ready just yet. Oh, God. (laughs) Terrible. Uh, So my dunce was actually Binyam. Okay. Yeah. Um, Just, it's like, I don't know if it's anything specific that he did in this particular episode so much as this situation he has found himself in and just his reaction to the whole thing. Uh, being angry about having to be in Kenya, like not really wanting to talk to Ari, like reading into like, well, why does she seem mad? It's like, why do you think you're in Kenya? Like, right. come on, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's mad. That's why you're in Kenya. Like, oh my gosh. And then, um, you know, just 
underutilizing the translator, kind of like, I don't know. I think in his weird world, he thinks everything's kind of okay. Yeah, he does. I mean, he just, I don't know why. Like, he's like, well, I, I don't know why. It, he's just, I don't understand yeah. why she's mad. He's like, oh, because I didn't cheat. So she should believe that and everything's okay. Like, I don't know why any of this is happening. Right. Things are fine. Yeah, totally. Are they? Yeah. All right. What about your life lesson? Okay. Like, okay. So the letters on a stop sign are 10 inches tall because that's basically the minimum amount it takes to read something from like 20 feet away. Make your signs big enough for somebody to read. Oh, goodness. (laughs) That was funny because Evelyn was really large. So she's like, oh, Evelyn. I can see Evelyn. I I like that. Yes. Like she's like, I can't read the rest. Right. It's just, I mean, I guess it's one of those things of like you make that mistake once, fine. You make it again. I think I feel like I do the geometry. Be like, how far are we going to be away from this sign? Like (laughs) this is your do over, Corey. Jeez, you could have done it right. But no, Corey, bumbly Corey. Just like like when my students make a PowerPoint and they insist on using 12 point fonts. And I'm like, nobody can read that. Stop it. They drive me absolutely nuts. And what's even worse than that is they'll do a 12 point font and like write an essay on a slide. It's like (laughs) no one's reading that. Stop it. No, somebody is reading it. You know who's reading it? They are. They're turning around and looking at the screen and reading it. it. (laughs) I've had a whole conversation with them about like engaging presentations. Oh, I do. I, I, and we every talked year. about that specifically. Every year. Well, I always do. I always do one where I said, here, you're going to make a PowerPoint. You're not allowed to use words. No typing on the PowerPoint. You must make 10 slides. Okay. There's no words allowed on your slides. That's interesting. Maybe I should do that. It's like headers only. Yes, that's what it is. It's headers uh, only. Yep. One words, one word bullet points. Yep. I think that's what I should do. Like one to three word bullet points or something. Because they do. They just like have these really long winded things. It's just like. Well, I mean. the wor- supposed to be a lightning talk for one. Like you're not going to have a lightning talk if you have an essay on a slide. <laughs> well, the worst ones is the, the essay is literally the copied and pasted Wikipedia article on the thing they're doing this presentation oh, on. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Don't even get me started on that. All right. Okay. Uh, my life lesson uh, actually applies to a couple couples this week. Uh, it applies to uh, Stephen and Alina and Submit and uh, Jenny, but mostly Submit. Mostly Submit and Stephen. When you propose to someone, that means you're ready to get married. (laughs) Like, now. Yes. What's the point of proposing to someone if you're still deciding if you want to be with them or want to be married to them? Right. The whole engagement process part is supposed to give you time to plan the wedding, not to decide if you want to get married. Yes. Yes. The deciding should be. And, you know, and it's not even just these two couples because how many – Couples, in just in general, the before the 90 days. Oh, well, we have 90 days to decide. It's like, you guys are engaged. You should have already decided by <laughs> now. It's 90-day oh, fiancé. We've already had the established, yes, engaged part. Right. Yeah. But they see it as like an extension of like, oh, well, we can still it's, back out yeah, now. Yeah, a lot like, of people no, see it as like, think of it. it's like you're super dating. Like we're dating. Yeah. But we're fiancé. So that's like the super girlfriend. And then we'll decide if we want to get married. Like, it's like, no, that's not oh how it works. Gosh. No, no, it's not. All right. So uh, we still are – don't see an end in sight, although 
what is it before the 90 days is supposed to start in December. So yeah. we might have a few more episodes. But like I said, no end in sight. We'll have a couple. I think. Yeah. But you know how they do it. They'll be like all of a sudden it'll be like next Last next week on the season finale. And I'll be like, oh, OK, I guess it's the season finale next week. All right. <laughs> no, more like next week on the tell. all You're like, oh, today was the finale. All right. <laughs> yeah, true. True. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So as far as we know, there's no tell all next week. So there's, you know, next week might be the season finale. We have no idea. Right. Yeah. We'll we'll hang on, though. (laughs) Okay. Until then. All right. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.